0: Good morning and welcome to Kingdom Testimony. Today is Thursday, September 9th, 2021. We are in the Book of Enoch. We're getting pretty close to the end, maybe 20 chapters to go or so. Um, And I do believe they get shorter, but I wanted to explain a little bit about what the what the podcast name kingdom testimonies is all about and I just thought of this now it's you know when I said it I was like hmm I should probably you know maybe for new listeners just kind of describe what that's all about and basically where we're at in time is we are getting close to entering into the kingdom of God And the kingdom is coming down from heaven to earth. And during the great tribulation, which we are looking like we're close to it. I know they've said that for centuries, but pretty much everything that uh, has needed to be fulfilled is being fulfilled in this last decade. And it looks like in the next decade to come. Um, One thing... If you're kind of doubting that, you can look at the 2030 agenda online and see exactly where it is that Satan wants to take uh, the world in the next 10 years, 9 years. So um, that's one part of it. And just because the Lord's been showing me, I've been walking with him for 36 years, and he's been showing me like, we're, we're there. We're pretty close to the end of this church age as we know it. So let me describe the, or explain that a little bit. We have been in the age of grace ever since Jesus rose from the dead. He has provided grace through his shed blood. Now, there's layers to grace, and let's see if I can explain this. Um <clears throat> So the first layer is his death on the cross and resurrection provided grace to sinners. You have to accept him into your life and accept his working in your life, which means forsaking your old life. You can't walk in both at the same time, the old life and the new life. Okay, so after that, then we start being sanctified by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit leads us into all truth, but also leads us into death to self. Um, we, We basically sacrifice ourselves now. Jesus was the Lamb of God. We become sacrificial lambs also because we are being made into his image. So during that, there's going to be times of labor, laboring to bring forth a new thing. We go from grace to grace, from glory to glory. So there is things that we need to walk out as we become restored back to our perfected condition, which whenever that is, you know, when, when we die, when, you know, I don't know exactly when that happens for each individual person. But the main premise is we are going through a sanctification process to be perfected to be made into the image of Jesus Christ, to be restored back to our spiritual condition that we had when we left the heavenly realm when God thought us up as created persons. Born into a sinful world, now we have to be restored back to our Garden of Eden state. The Garden of Eden is the peace and presence of Jesus Christ. It's within. Um, Yes, it was a physical place, but everything has symbolic meanings. So as we get closer to that, we go through trials, tribulations, sufferings were tested, were proved. You know, it's like climbing a ladder or a stairway to heaven, if you will. And as we get through one trial, we get a period of rest. And that is a different kind of like you could say, a different kind of grace where you enter into a rest. Now, as you get further and further along, there is a point as you get closer to being perfected in the image of Jesus Christ, and I'm not there, I'm just saying, this is my understanding. As you get closer to, and you're going through all your trials and your, everything is, yes, Lord, I'll do it, yes, Lord, I'll do it, yes, yes, yes. And it's hard, Absolutely. But as you get closer to your perfected state, you enter into the rest. So you labor to enter into the rest. And I believe that's Hebrews 4. After that, then there is what is called true grace. And the true grace of 1 Peter 5 is the perfection state. And what that looks like or where it's at, I don't know. But I believe... a bunch of people, possibly the first fruits, the 144,000, possibly those are the ones that are going to reach that state. And they will be the ones singing the new song on Mount Zion with the Lord, uh, Revelations 11 or 14. I'm not sure, but that's easy enough to find. And that is the true grace because grace is Jesus Christ. It's not a license to sin, it's not a doctrine, Uh, you know, it's not a church, it is Jesus Christ. So, there. Uh, I don't know, I just kind of was winging it there. But that's my understanding off the top of my head. Okay, so we're going to get going on Enoch chapter 81. Let's see if we can make some headway today. Um, Got a little stuck on all those portals and things and the sun and the moon very interesting yes but um it was you know a little repetitive all right so chapter 81 blessings and praise to the saints persecuted for righteousness okay we're going to get into some interesting things here i'm just saying i haven't read it in a while but i remember the end of the book is crazy okay and he said unto me observe enoch these heavenly tablets And read what is written thereon, and mark every individual fact. And I observed the heavenly tablets, and read everything which was written thereon, and understood everything, and read the book of all the deeds of mankind, and of all the children of flesh that shall be upon the earth to the remotest generations. Enochs already read your story, Nicole. And forthwith I blessed the great Lord, the King of glory, forever, in that he has made all the works of the world. And I extolled the Lord because of his patience, and blessed him because of the children of men. I don't believe uh, that, you know, the heavenly tablets have they recorded all of our wrongdoing? I'm not quite so sure about that. The book of the deeds. <clears throat> that make it into heaven, why would God preserve those things that are forgiven and done away with? You know, it's just a thought. And after that I said, Blessed is the man who dies in righteousness and goodness, concerning whom there is no book of unrighteousness written. All right, well, there you go. And against whom no day of judgment shall be found. So the books of the saints are only their righteous deeds. Very cool. And those seven holy ones brought me and placed me on the earth before the door of my house, and said to me, Declare everything to thy son Methuselah, and show to all thy children that no flesh is righteous in the sight of the Lord, for he is their creator. Okay, flesh is not righteous. One year we will leave thee with thy son, till thou givest thy last commands. Okay, he brought him to his house, where Methuselah was living, and gave him a year to tell him everything. Till thou givest thy last commands, that thou mayest teach thy children, and record it for them, and testify to all thy children, and in the second year they shall take thee from their midst. The reason I want to read Second Enoch is because it talks about this visit, if I remember it correctly. Verse 7, Let thy heart be strong, for the good shall announce righteousness to the good. The righteous with the righteous shall rejoice, and shall offer congratulation to one another. But the sinner shall die with the sinners, and the apostate go down with the apostate. And those who practice righteousness shall die on account of the deeds of men, and be taken away on account of the doings of the godless. Eh? And in those days they ceased to speak to me, and I came to my people, blessing the Lord of the world in the great tribulation righteous people will be will be killed we know that quiet down out there chapter 82 and now my son methuselah so now he has brought been brought to methuselah for one year um all these things i am recounting to thee and writing down for thee and I have revealed to thee everything and given thee books concerning all these. So preserve, my son Methuselah, the books from thy father's hand and see that thou deliver them to the generations of the world. That's what we're reading. That's what the Dead Sea Scrolls preserved. Amen. I have given thee wisdom, and to, I have given wisdom to thee and thy children, and thy children that shall be to thee that they may give it to their children for generations, this wisdom namely that passes through their thought. Passes their thought. And those who understand it shall not sleep, but shall listen with the ear that they may learn this wisdom, and it shall please those that eat thereof better than good food. Blessed are all the righteous, blessed are all those who walk in the way of righteousness, and sin not as the sinners. In the reckoning of all their days in which the sun traverses the heaven, entering into and departing from the portals for 30 days with the heads of thousands of the order of the stars, together with the four which are intercalated, which divide the four portions of the year, which lead them and enter them with them four days. Okay, that's the 364-day year. Okay, now he's going to go a little bit into that. Um. We know that we have 365, and we need one extra every four years. So somewhere in here that is talked about, because that Nick guy adds it. Owing to them, men shall be at fault and not reckon them in the whole reckoning of the year. Yea, men shall be at fault and not recognize them accurately. Hmm? Gregor? I don't know. He's pretty accurate. For they belong to the reckoning of the year and are truly recorded thereon forever one in the first portal and one in the third, and one in the fourth and one in the sixth, and the year is completed 364 days. And the account thereof is accurate, and the recorded reckoning thereof accurate. For the luminaries and months and festivals and years and days has Uriel shown and revealed to me, to whom the Lord of the whole creation of the world has subjected the host of heaven. (coughs) I wanted to point something out. Um... Isn't it in the Hebrew calendar? there is a thirteenth month every now and then? I thought I saw that somewhere. I don't know. it just works i'm not I'm not probably gonna go into all that that's that's not my that's not my forte and He has power over night and day in the heaven to cause the light to give light to men, sun, moon, and stars, and all the powers of the heaven which revolve in their circular chariots and these are the order orders of the stars which set in their places and in their seasons and festivals and months. And these are the names of those who lead them, who watch that they enter at their times, in their orders and their seasons, in their months and their periods of dominion, and in their positions. Therefore leaders who divide the four parts of the earth enter first, and after them the twelve leaders of the orders who divide the months, and for the three hundred and sixty days they are heads over thousands who divide the days, and for the four intercalary days There are the leaders who sunder the four parts of the year. And these heads over thousands are intercalated between leader and leader, each behind a station, but their leaders make the division. And these are the names of the leaders who divide the four parts of the year which are ordained. It appears there's uh, heavenly angels that are set over time. Because all of this is talking about time. Months, seasons, years. Okay, the names are Melchiel, Helamelech, ah, that's, a, that's a neat name, Helamelech, and Meligel, and Narel. And the names of those who lead them, Adnarel, and Ejusasael, huh. and Elomel. These three follow the leaders of the orders, and there is one that follows the three leaders of the orders, which follow those leaders of the stations that divide the four parts of the year. Okay. I'm going to just butcher these names. I know it. In the beginning of the year, Melkajel rises first and rules. Who is named Temani, and son, and all the days of his dominion, whilst he bear- bears rule, are 91 days. It's like changing with a guard. And these are the sun signs, um, okay, after we get through this, we're going to start getting into, uh, get, you know, away from all of this stuff, but, okay, and these are the signs of the days which are to be seen on the earth in the days of his dominion, sweat and heat and calms, and all the trees bear fruit, and leaves are produced on all the trees, and the harvest of wheat and the rose flowers and all the flowers which come forth in the field, but the trees of the winter season become withered, and these are the names of the leaders which are under them: berkael Zelebzel, and another who is added ahead of a thousand called Helu Jesseph Hel, and the days of the dominion of this leader are at an end. And the next leader after him is our favorite Halimelech, whom one names the shining sun, and all the days of his light are 91 days. And these are the signs of his days on the earth, glowing heat and dryness, and the trees ripen their fruits and produce all their fruits ripe and ready, and the sheep pair and become pregnant, and all the fruits of the earth are gathered in, and everything that is in the fields and the winepress, these things take place in the days of his dominion. No wonder we like Helamelech. He does cool stuff. These are the names and the orders and the leaders of those heads of thousands Gidded, Dijel, Kil, Hil, and the name of the head of a thousand which is added to them Asphael. And the days of his dominion are at an end. End of chapter 82. Chapter 83. And now, my son Methuselah, I will show thee all my visions which I have seen, recounting them before thee. Two visions I saw before I took a wife, and the one was quite unlike the other. The first when I was learning to write, the second before I took thy mother, when I saw a terrible vision, and regarding them I prayed to the Lord. Okay, this is Enoch talking to Methuselah, his son. Is that his direct son? Yes, it is. And I laid me down in the house of my grandfather Mahalalel. When I saw in a vision how the heaven collapsed and was borne off and fell to the earth. And when it fell to the earth, I saw how the earth was swallowed up in a great abyss. And mountains were suspended on mountains and hills sank down on hills. And high trees were rent from their stems and hurled down and sunk in the abyss. And thereupon a word fell into my mouth, and I lifted lifted up my voice to cry aloud, and said, The earth is destroyed. And my grandfather, Mahalalel, waked me as I lay near him, and said unto me, Why dost thou cry so, my son? And why dost thou make such lamentation? Okay, Mahalalel yes is a direct grandfather sometimes they're talking about an ancestor but it's a direct grandfather that's the grandson of great-grandson of Seth I have to have this paper here okay and I recounted to him the whole vision which I had seen and he said unto me a terrible thing hast thou seen my son and of grave moment is thy dream vision as to the secrets of all the sin of the earth It must sink into the abyss and be destroyed with a great destruction. Okay, that part isn't in isn't in Revelations. Does Revelations only talk about the wrath being poured out and the new heaven, the new earth coming down, and not what happens to the old one? That's. hmm. And now, my son, arise and make petition to the Lord of Glory, since thou art a believer that a remnant may remain on the earth, and that he may not destroy the whole earth. That's the remnant that's talked about in the Old Testament and is believed to be the 144,000 that are preserved on Mount Zion. No, maybe, I don't know about that. My son from heaven, all this will come upon the earth, and upon the earth there will be a great destruction. After that I arose and prayed and implored and besought, and wrote down my prayer for the generations of the world, and I will show everything to thee, my son Methuselah. And when I had gone forth below and seen the heaven and the sun rising in the east, and the moon setting in the west, and a few stars, and the whole earth, and everything as he had known it in the beginning, then I blessed the Lord of judgment and extolled him, because he had made the sun to go forth from the windows of the east, And he ascended and rose on the face of the heaven and set out and kept traversing the path shown unto him. Okay, Enoch was shown that the sun and the moon are the ones moving and they move together. It's not a moon spinning around us and us spinning around the sun. That's what Enoch is saying. And I guess the only way that'll, that'll be proven to some people is when the earth sinks into the abyss. By then it'll be too late. Chapter 84, this is Enoch's prayer. And I lifted up my hands in righteousness and blessed the Holy and Great One and spake with the breath of my mouth and with a tongue of flesh, which God has made for the children of the flesh of men, that they should speak therewith. And he gave them breath and a tongue and a mouth that they should speak therewith. Blessed be thou, O Lord King, great and mighty in thy greatness, Lord of the whole creation of the heaven, King of kings, and God of the whole world. And thy power and kingship and greatness abide for ever and ever, and throughout all dem- generations thy dominion, and all the heavens are thy throne for ever, and the whole earth thy footstool for ever and ever. For thou hast made, and thou rulest all things, and nothing is too hard for thee. Wisdom departs not from the place of thy throne, nor turns away from thy presence. And thou knowest and seest and hearest everything, and there is nothing hidden from thee, for thou seest everything. And now the angels of thy heavens are guilty of trespass, and upon the flesh of man abideth thy wrath, till the great day of judgment. And now, O God, and Lord, and great King, I implore and beseech thee to fulfill my prayer, To leave me a posterity on earth. You know what's cool? His prayer is not done. You know what's cool about this prayer? The first, oh, let's say two-thirds, he's praising God and acknowledging his greatness. He doesn't start with, oh God, I want this. He is careful to start his prayer. And like I said, a good two-thirds is nothing but acknowledging the greatness and glory and magnificence of God okay and now I implore thee and beseech thee to fulfill my prayer to leave a posterity on earth and not to destroy all the flesh of man and make the earth without inhabitant so that there should be an eternal destruction and now my Lord destroy from the earth the flesh which has aroused thy wrath but the flesh of righteousness and uprightness Establish as a plant of the eternal seed, and hide not thy face from the prayer of thy servant, O Lord. That's really cool, because it appears that Enoch's prayer is answered. The earth does not sink into the abyss, excuse me, like explode into space, no, into the abyss. Those pictures of all of the ancient civilizations they all drew the same picture but they're all different pictures there's an abyss it's underneath where the pillars the foundation of the pillars that hold up the earth it's the abyss like like just keeps going down and down and down and down and down and down but enoch is praying for the remnant and a remnant a remnant d- does uh Come back to rule and reign with Jesus Christ. So we can thank Enoch for there not being an absolute and total destruction of the earth. You notice he's not praying to avert his wrath because he knows that there is flesh that has aroused his wrath. You know, I mean, not everybody can be saved. There are those who will completely, 100% turn their back on God. Okay, chapter 85. And after this I saw another dream, and I will show the whole dream to thee, my son. And Enoch lifted up his voice and spake to his son Methuselah. To thee, my son, will I speak. Hear my words, incline thine ear to the dream vision of thy father. Before I took thy mother Edna, I saw in a vision on my bed, and behold, a bull came forth from the earth. And that bull was white and after it came forth a heifer and along with this latter came forth two bulls one of them black and the other red and that black bull gored the red one and pursued him over the earth and thereupon i could no longer see that red bull but that black bull grew and that heifer went with him and i saw that many oxen proceeded from him which resembled and followed him and that cow that that first one went from the presence of that first bull in order to seek that red one, but found him not, and lamented with a great lamentation over him and sought him. And I looked till that first bull came to her and quieted her, and from that time onward she cried no more. And after that she bore another white bull, and after him she bore many bulls and black cows. And I saw in my sleep that white bull likewise grow and become a great white bull, and from him proceeded many white bulls, and they resembled him. And they began to beget many white bulls, which resembled them, one, one following the other, even many. Okay, chapter 86. I forgot about the bulls. This goes on a little while. And it gets into the sheep. And then, um, oh dear Lord. um chapter 90 and chapter 91 this goes through to chapter 90 and we are on chapter 86 but if you can if you can see the similarities it is definitely talking about the fall of mankind and noah the flood it's all in the he's given this really long vision of bulls and heifers and cows and sheep. And it is, and I'll read the, the, the head headings as we go, because this long vision that Enoch is given, it describes the whole um, history of the Jewish nation. So um, let's try and figure this out, okay. Satan's expulsion and the fall of some angels and the demoralization of mankind symbolized, okay, and again I saw with my eyes as I slept, and I saw the heaven above, and behold, a star fell, fell from heaven, okay, that's Lucifer, and it arose and ate and pastured amongst those oxen, and after that I saw the large and black oxen, and behold, they all changed their stalls and pastures and their cattle and began to live with each other. And again, again I saw in the vision, I looked towards the heaven, and behold, I saw many stars descend and cast themselves down from heaven to that first star, and they become bulls amongst those cattle and pastured with them amongst them. These are the fallen angels. Um, that's me saying that, okay, fallen angel. And I looked at them and saw, and behold, they all let out their privy members like horses and began to cover the cows of the oxen, and they all became pregnant and bare elephants, camels, and asses. Okay, me saying, that's the Nephilim. And all the oxen feared them and were affrighted at them and began to bite with their teeth and devour and to gore with their horns. And they began, moreover, to devour those oxen. And behold, all the children of the earth began to tremble and quake before them and to flee before them. These, um, This is me saying that the Nephilim, this is what the Nephilim did. They started to devour the men on the earth. And remember in the beginning, of this book um, Noah comes running to Enoch and he says the the Nephilim the giants on the earth are devouring all the people okay so that's where we're at chapter 87 and again I saw how they began to gore each other and devour each other and the earth began to cry aloud and I raised my eyes again to heaven and saw in the vision and behold there came forth heaven heaven being so we're like white men And four went forth from that place and three with them. And those three that had last come forth grasped me by my hand and took me up away from the generations of the earth and raised me up to a lofty place and showed me a tower raised high above the earth and all the hills were lower. Is that the Tower of Babel? That's me saying. And one said unto me, Remain here till thou seest everything that befalls those elephants, camels, and asses, and the stars, and the oxen, and all of them. So Enoch was taken off of the earth at this time. Okay. Remember the elephants, camels, and asses, those are the Nephilim. Chapter 88, and I saw one of those four who had come forth first. This is the arrest and incarceration of a fallen angel. Okay, Brown's title. I saw one of those four who had come forth first, and he seized that first star which had fallen from the heaven and bound it hand and foot and cast it into an abyss. Now that abyss, I believe this is Tartarus that Peter, first Peter talks about. Now that abyss was narrow and deep and horrible and dark. And one of them drew a sword and gave it to those elephants and camels and asses. Then they began to smite each other, and the whole earth quaked because of them. I want to interject they were wondering how, and, I, and that Reversing Hermon book, I did get that back from my daughter. She was reading it. I mean, she was done with it. In there and in other places, they say, well, how did the giants get back on the earth after the flood? Because they were all drowned. And they didn't, but they had mutated. They were shown how to mutate through. Remember, they were shown all those things, um, and records of how to do that were kept in some of the giants' tombs, Nimrod being one of them. So there were secrets that were buried with the giants on how to manipulate genes, introduce. Uh, what do you what do you call that? Starts so an N. Um, where you mix breeds of animals and humans. And that's how they're trying to introduce these elephants, camels, and asses back into humanity. This is Satan's doing. Okay. And as I was beholding in the vision, lo, one of those four who had come forth stoned them from heaven and gathered and took all the great stars whose privy members were like those of horses and bound them all hand and foot Cast them into an abyss of the earth. Tartarus in 1 Peter, I believe. Chapter 89, the heading is The Flood. And one of those four, let's see, we're at 32 minutes. Um, sorry for the page turning noise. I think we might stop here because this is a long chapter. And this chapter will probably take a whole day But it goes through Israel's history. So we're going to stop at 89 and pick it up later. And we've covered a lot today. We've done seven verses. So tomorrow is 89. Um, Okay. So we're going to stop there. But anyway, yeah, it's interesting. We are definitely close to the end. Once we get to chapter 90, um, It really starts picking up I I really want to get to the part about Noah that's the craziest thing I ever I ever read about his birth and if you want to look ahead online you can but I'm just saying it is crazy okay so there we go Um, I'll leave it there for today and it's only going to be 97 degrees here today. That's good. We're going to get back up to the hun- in 100 hun- or so in the next couple of days. But I'm going camping this weekend with my son and daughter-in-law and grandkids. So I'm excited about that. Um, but we will do tomorrow. And get Chapter 89 out of the way which I shouldn't put it that way because it is, it's, it is very fascinating how Enoch was shown the whole of history of the Jewish people. So that's pretty interesting. But we'll leave it there. And I press. Uh, pray you have a blessed day. Why do I have such trouble saying that? I pray you have a blessed day.